0: Hey, folks, it's the Stay Off My Operating Table podcast. We are joined today by Dr. Nazli Latefi. Phil, this one, once again, has excited me. I mean, I realize I'm easily excited, but I'm really not because you get cool people. Why don't you introduce our guest and let's get into the conversation?
1: Yeah, sure thing. Really excited to have Dr. Latefi on. I heard her on a podcast with some good friends of ours, the good old Meat Mafia guys and was really interested in what Dr. Latefi talks about and really excited to have her on. Be some different areas, but certainly related to metabolic health and overall health and navigating sort of our healthcare environment. So with that, Nazli, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience, give a little bit of your background, and then we can get into it.
2: Yeah, thank you so much, Dr. Phil. I'm really honored to be on your show. I love it. You always have really great guests and great topics. Yeah, so I founded Applied Biological Laboratories on our first product, BioVanta, in 2016. Well, the company was founded in 2016, and BioVanta launched about two years ago. It's our first product, and it's a novel approach to treating respiratory symptoms. And we have another extensive pipeline of other respiratory uh, products and antivirals, and our approach is really unique because we target the innate immune system and inflammation, which is something that's obviously very important to metabolic health and that you know a lot about as well.
1: Great, let's kind of maybe give a little bit of the background for folks. What problem did you identify that kind of led you down this pathway?
2: That's a great question because everything really starts with the question that you ask and the problem that you wanna solve. So the problem that we identified over 10 years ago, my husband and I founded the company together, was that there really was no effective treatment for all these pandemics that kept on coming about. At the the time that we really started hunkering down and thinking about it was the bird flu pandemic. And also, I had known in my PhD training, I studied adhesion molecules, which for people that are not scientific, they're kind of like attachment factors, like little tiny attachment factors on cells. And I was studying those neurons, but they're also expressed throughout the body and are used as receptors for respiratory viruses as well. And so we started thinking about why these pandemics are happening and where these viruses are binding. And it's all really happening in your upper respiratory tract, so your nose and and throat. Yet there was no real effective treatment for that or prevention. And now fast forward to COVID-19, everybody's used to wearing masks and all that. But back then, that really wasn't a thought. It wasn't, there. no one was really thinking about how do we solve this problem? How do we prevent the viruses from really taking hold? And our whole idea was you have to arm the respiratory membranes because they have a very strong, innate ability to protect themselves. And a lot of vi- lifestyle factors and inflammation gets in the way of them of their power to really protect us so that's our focus
0: so (laughs) boy i don't even know where to start you talked about taking a global view of how to respond to protect from these pandemics and your conclusion that led to the formation of the company was that all this stuff basically got started in the upper rep- respiratory system. Okay. I went on your website, the Biovanta, sorry, I don't have it in front of me, but I checked okay. it out.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, and there's a lot of discussion about naturally occurring products innate immune system for the non-scientific listeners. Why did you go that direction as opposed to the direction everybody else has gone? in an attempt to deal with upper respiratory symptoms.
2: That's really an interesting question. So, I went in that direction because I always believed in the power of nature. I believe it's I mean, that's the reason I became a scientist. I became a scientist because I'm really enamored by nature and natural processes and I think they're immensely much more interesting than i mean anything humans have created so far now we ourselves are even a product of nature so my initial intuition to solving the problem was that was to say okay like how does nature solve the problem and when i learned about these attachment factors and that they were used by viruses to infect I dug a little deeper and I learned that we have uh, molecules to counteract that in our own mucus that are produced. And that's why some people are, one of the reasons why some people are more resistant to getting sick than others. And uh, these compounds are, two of them we use in our uh, ingredients, they're lactoferrin and lysozyme. they're also found in uh, mammalian breast milk, very, very powerful immune-modulating molecules. Um,
0: by immune modulating, yeah. you mean it strengthens, reinforces your innate immune responses. Is that right?
2: Yes. Yes. Well, the thing is, they do many things, and some of which haven't even been discovered yet. That's how so amazing they are. So, what they do, what we, we're actually publishing a paper. We discovered some new things. What they do is they, first of all, bind directly to viruses and bacteria so that they can't attach to their receptor. And then another thing they do is they bind to the membranes of the respiratory membranes and you have immune cells in there, particularly macrophages and dendritic cells. These are innate immune cells. They're not antibody-producing cells, which are part of the adaptive immune system. And so they activate these cells. These are the cells that are like little Pac-Mans. They're part of your immune system <laughs> that we don't really talk a lot about, but they're there in directly at the site of infection. And when they're activated, they basically gobble up these viruses so they don't have a chance to infect. And yeah, so your question was what these do, right? Yeah. Oh, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Oh.
0: why you chose to go that direction, um, one of the things that I noticed on the website is a continual reference to naturally occurring things, um mm-hmm. naturally occurring ingredients, um, and why you chose to go that direction rather than lots of the chemicals that we already know about.
2: Well, the best medicines are natural. I really. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I really don't know of phenomenal, (laughs) non-natural drugs. I mean, the best medicines are vaccines, antibiotics. These are natural. Tamoxifen, one of the best cancer treatments. Aspirin is natural. We use aspirin. It comes from plants. So, oh, and another reason why we chose to go in this direction, actually very important, is because when we were thinking about how you actually get sick, none of the pharmaceuticals were addressing that. So when I started like really reading the papers and drilling down, and all this is known, it's just, it's in the literature, it's just not, we have to dig it up. I realized that the viruses are in the air and they bind in your nose, mostly. So all these over-the-counter drugs are systemic drugs that you take. And because I, was a neuroscientist, I looked at the mechanism of dr- those drugs, and lo and behold, they have neurological effects. There's dextromethorphan, which is a cough suppressant, my friend, which recently got banned by the FDA, pseudoephedrine, all of these in in over-the-counter cough and cold products, guaifenesin. they're all neuromodulators. So what is that even doing to prevent the virus from binding? Nothing. <laughs> So I was like, okay, people haven't solved it. So let me go to nature. Maybe nature has the answer. And it does. (laughs) There are these molecules in our own mucus (laughs) that have the power to disrupt these viruses and intercept these viruses. So we should use them. And then the next question is like, okay, so if we all have them, how come some of us get sick? Well, then it comes down to lifestyle factors, age, everything, basically everything that makes everyone get every other sickness. (laughs) As we're seeing with COVID right now, people that have metabolic disorders and certain lifestyle issues are more prone to having worse outcomes. So...
1: Yeah, I just wanted to... You mentioned phenylephrine there, and people may be aware that recently... So phenylephrine is a common decongestant ingredient in over-the-counter medication. Almost all the -the over-the-counter cold and flu-type medications contain phenylephrine for the purpose of nasal decongestion. And this ingredient has been used commonly for I don't know, probably 40 plus years. And only recently, a month ago, as we're recording this, the FDA figured out, we'll say, that it's an ineffective ingredient. And specifically, what they said is when you take this by mouth in a pill or drink it, it doesn't get to your nose to be able to have the decongestant effect that it's supposed to have. So it kind of brings up a broader issue around over-the-counter medications and how regulated they are, how effective they are. And I was wondering, I know you have kind of a perspective on that, that I wanted to uh, hear from you as well.
2: Yeah, so that's exactly right. It's been on the market probably at least 40 years, maybe not more, if not more. So all of the main ingredients in the over the counter cough and cold category were grandfathered and they've been on the market for decades. And any major cough and cold product is basically contains one of four of the major main ingredients. And there could be combinations of them too. So there's guaifenesin, phenylephedrine, pseudoephrine, as you just mentioned, and dextromethorphan. And there are for various indications: cough, congestion, pain, etc. The underlying cause of cold symptoms is actually inflammation, and none of these ingredients address that. And the reason is probably because these came on the market decades ago when our scientific knowledge was limited. I mean, to put this in per- to perspective, DNA was not discovered until 1953, and most of these ingredients were on the market at that time, or like shortly after. So our scientific understanding was very, very limited. And it was basically just, okay, how do you feel? Take this. Now, do you feel better? Yes or no? And that explains why they're all neuromodulators, because they basically numb your pain, but they do nothing for the inflammation. And all of them have been extensively tested in clinical trials for shortening duration of cold, and also for their effects on those specific symptoms that they're supposed to treat. And none of them are found effective. There's one or two studies where well, that, where they'll show a positive effect, but there are many others that, that show that they're not effective. And so it doesn't surprise me. We were kind of waiting for the ball to drop, <laughs> huh. as I said, because we started a company like 10 years ago, over 10 years ago. So, I mean, we started researching this over 10 years ago. So, yeah. It's not surprising to me.
0: something that I'm going to, I've got two questions. I'm going to go with just one at a time. So when we get a cold, most of us experience some sort of profound increase in mucus production. Either it's so runny that we, our noses get, well, my nose gets chapped from all this stuff or it gets so stopped up with really thick mucus that I can't breathe through my nose. Is that actually the immune response at work? Is that what's going on? Is our body, these naturally these innate immune things that attach to the virus. I'm the resident dummy here. So I'm trying to to put it
2: in. You're doing great.
0: That's in our mucus and our body's, to, senses the presence of these invaders, and the response is to create more of the mucus that has more of the soldiers in it. And exactly, so, yeah. so stopping the mucus production is actually not the right approach. It sounds like
2: that's exactly right. I have never Woo-hoo! taken, yeah, <laughs> I I have never taken a decongestant in my life. My mom just always told me to blow my nose and that works. <laughs> I mean, there's one study from, I don't know when, that said that blowing your nose is not good. It actually pushes the mucus and the sinuses, but I don't know what that's about personally. <laughs> but I, yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, that's nature is trying to get the stuff out of your nose. And not only that, these decongestants on the market and these... um Mu- uh, mucus thinning drugs like guaifenesin and the other decongestants they haven't been proven to work they've been tested in clinical trials numerous ones and they haven't been proven to work to have a meaningful effect on the ex- mu- mucus weight secreted so it might have a temporary effect but then you're getting a rebound and again it's an inflammatory response it's your body signaling that i need to do this and there's a whole cascade of cytokines that are signaling that to happen. And you're not doing like phenylephrine. It, what it does with to congestion is it dilates the blood vessels to ease congestion. But then you have a rebound effect. And not only that, it stimulates you, so you can't sleep. A lot of people will say to me, "Oh, well, you know, I'm just so congested and I need to sleep." Well, <laughs> pseudoephedrine is going to keep you awake <laughs> because it's going to stimulate you. So just Blow your nose and go to sleep. I mean, I don't know. Well, or you can use a neti pot, you can use steam, all of these things. Even just, I think there was a study where just a saline spray was as effective as some of these other nasal medicated nasal sprays. So
0: Okay. Then my next question on the website, it talked about the role of aspirin, salicylic acid. And I read some stuff there. I had absolutely no idea about. And I just think it'd be fascinating to talk about aspirin, its role in your product and some of the properties of aspirin that make, you know, why you chose it and what the benefits and liabilities of it are.
2: Yeah, sure. Thanks for asking that. Yeah. So aspirin is one of our main ingredients and we chose it because we looked at the pathway. So what's the inflammatory pathway that's common to these respiratory symptoms. And even if you have congestion, sore throat, cough, it's all very, very similar. It all starts with a molecule called bradykinin, which is very similar to histamine that most people know about from allergies. And then that via the COX enzymes produces prostaglandin. And then that creates a cascade of other cytokines that gradually, progressively lead to more and more inflammation. So that's the key pathway. And uh, aspirin is one of the best COX inhibitors known. So naturally, we studied that. And we also studied another drug that's similar to ibuprofen, and uh, which ibuprofen is also a COX inhibitor, but uh, aspirin was superior because there are slight differences in the way it works versus ibuprofen. And what we actually also found, which was Really cool was that you don't even need that much aspirin; you just need a very little bit. And and if you use too much, it actually increases inflammation. So inflammation is a very fine-tuned cascade of different signals that are going on, and it's really a very delicate balance. And then another thing well, with aspirin: hold on, that, hold on. Oh, you, sure, you, sure, sure.
0: You can't blow yep. past this.
2: Okay, okay. Um, so There's.
0: You said. You can take too much. I, yes. I know how the average human mind works. Person sitting here listening to this and they find out, oh, and that's because I'm like this. Oh, mm-hmm. I get a stuffy nose, I can just take a couple of aspirin. If I recall correctly, a typical aspirin is 250 milligrams of salicylic acid.
2: I think a baby 3.5. aspirin,
0: I think, is 81 or something like that.
2: Yeah, anyone.
1: 81 I'm, and
0: 325, to 325. 325. Okay. So yeah. my thought is I start to, I feel this coming on. I'll take a couple of aspirin. So at 325, there'd be 650, whatever unit you measure. How much is too much?
2: Okay. So we actually did a clinical study. I can't talk too much about it because we're in the process of publishing it now, but we studied 325 and every four hours, I believe. And that was sufficient. Actually, we saw saw really, really good results. And then we published a paper in 2021 where we applied aspirin topically to respiratory tissues. And we found that you just needed a very small amount, like six milligrams, to have a meaningful effect. And then there are other COX inhibitors, which we have in our so we co- we have a supplement. Oh, would product. you
0: would you spell that yeah. what inhibitor? Because I don't know. I don't C- know.
2: C O X. Okay, just like it sounds. C O X
0: inhibitor. I O X. I don't know. It's
2: cyclooxygenase. cyclo-oxygenase.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. It's an
0: acronym. Cool. Very good. All right. I'm sorry. Yeah. But
2: That's okay. There's cyclooxygenase one and two, and aspirin inhibits both of them.
0: But and, just to be uh, clear, I've yeah. tried putting tiny amounts of aspirin on something. That's a serious acid. So you're talking about yes, microscopic amounts of aspirin topically. Yes,
2: yes. Okay. Yes. So when so when we did our experiments for the 2021 paper, we mixed the aspirin in a buffer. It was, a, it was very, we had to do a lot of research on the exact dosage and the buffers. And we mixed it with lysozyme and lactoferrin. And the, the lysozyme and lactoferrin, um, so the whole formula worked together because the lysozyme and lactoferrin really made it much more effective. And that's another thing we compared. You're absolutely right, because the respiratory lining, the tissue is very delicate. So, If you think about your skin, your skin is very tough. It's like, it's the miraculous organ because like you go in water, it's impenetrable. It's You're exposed to the elements, it protects you. Nothing can get through because it's seven cell layers thick, seven to 10. And the cells are tightly joined together by tight junctions. So like it's virtually impenetrable. But your respiratory lining is made of the same cell types, but it's only one or two layers thick. And it has to penetrate to let nutrients through. And so it's much more delicate. And so you're exactly right. We have to be very careful. And we actually tested other sore throat products, some very household names, and they basically decimated the lining, the throat lining. So possibly, we didn't do a clinical study, but that could possibly mean that they actually worsen your symptoms. So you're exactly right.
0: Okay. I know I derailed um, you there, but I had to understand.
1: Yeah, no, And I think that's a great, and this is a very complex topic and and kind of to continue to add to the complexity, I guess, but let's break it down some for uh, the audience because our audience has heard us talk a lot about inflammation and inflammation being at the root cause of things like cardiovascular disease. And yet now we're kind of talking about inflammation being a positive thing, something that we don't necessarily want to eliminate because it's the way that the body responds to challenges, including Mm -hmm. infections. So help our audience understand that kind of fine, that difference between what we would call acute immunity, short term, uh, I'm sorry, uh, acute inflammation, short term inflammation in response to a challenge like a virus versus the chronic inflammation that leads to many of the chronic diseases, like cardiovascular disease and metabolic diseases.
2: Yeah, yeah, sure. sure. I'd love to get into that. So, acute inflammation, so inflammation, like you said, is our way of dealing with a threat or an injury, right? And it's tiered because the very nature of inflammation is somewhat damaging because if, let's say, a virus has infected a cell, you need to kill the cell, otherwise the virus is going to keep propagating. So you have to do some damage there, right? And then if you need to go a step further, if the local macrophages are not, or the little Pac-Mans are not taking care of the situation, then you need to call in the big guns, which is like your immune system. So you need to call in the white blood cells. Well, how do the white blood cells get in the tissue. There has to be some damage. They have to infiltrate. So that's the higher tier that creates more damage. And then the higher and higher you go in the tier, the harder and harder it becomes to shut it off. And then that is what leads to chronic inflammation. And then you see like things like cytokine storm, long COVID, all of these things, types of diabetes, heart disease. These are all some sort of chronic inflammation. In some ways, Dr. Phil, you probably know more about it than me because some of the diseases that you deal with are more in that category. But yeah, so from what I deal with on respiratory disease, we're trying to limit the inflammation to the initial phase, the innate immunity phase to stop it from getting to that chronic condition to get out of control. And then We'll also say that a reason for the correlation between people that have a lot of these chronic inflammatory disorders, like diabetes, obesity, etc., having worse outcomes with respiratory diseases, is because they're already in such a heightened inflammatory state um, that their initial um, acute uh, um, reactions are are muted. So that um, they have a harder time dealing with the initial insult of the respiratory infection.
0: Oh. It's making sense to me, I think. I think I understand it.
1: Yeah, and, and like you said <laughs> earlier, it's such a, it, it's a fine balance. And when that immune response starts to happen, doesn't go away over time, like it's supposed to, because again, you can think about the the design of the system was such that you fight off the threat, whether it's a virus, a bacterial infection, whatever it is, an injury, that heal, the threat goes away, and the immune response is supposed to go away. And the problem that we find ourselves in all too often these days is that there's a chronic threat, and this immune system gets kind of ramped up and then, doesn't go down, doesn't go away. And uh, that's when we start to see these chronic disease states occurring from inflammation.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's because also like a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of the medicines that we take are not designed to deal with the underlying issue. So they kind of perpetuate the whole thing. I mean, it's just like a Band-Aid solution. Like, for example, allergies, that's a state of chronic inflammation. And the steroids is definitely not the answer to that, Because, although it's very commonly prescribed because it actually can make people more susceptible to getting respiratory infections. And you're basically shutting off all the inflammation with the steroids and blunting it so that now you're Initial responses are completely dulled out. And so you can't fight the infection effectively at the initial stage. And then it just keeps multiplying and multiplying until your body has no choice but to go all out and fight it with excessive inflammation. So, yeah, I mean, it's like a kitchen fire, right? So if you have a little fire on your stove, (laughs) you want to just throw a kitchen towel on it. That'll solve the problem. But if you let it get so big, then your sprinkler is going to have to go off and they have to because otherwise your house is going to burn down. Um, but in, in the meantime, you're going to get water damage, right? So that's what it is. There's always, it's to preserve the organism, but like at a cost of some damage. So
0: I'm fascinated with this product. Or I guess, biovanta is that the that's the mm-hmm. name of the yes the, an yes. over-the-counter treatment maybe we've been talking about it all along without actually referring to it but mm-hmm. kind of just give us the story of there's actually a product now out on the market this isn't mm-hmm. intended to be a commercial folks I promise this is just cool tell Thank us you. about biovanta because in the spirit of full disclosure I have suffered with chronic sinus, problems for as long as I can remember so I'm particularly excited about this
2: that's awesome I' I mean not awesome that you've suffered from sinus problems but hopefully this can be your solution and we will definitely definitely send you some to try um <laughs> so yeah because we're trying we set this up as Dr. Phil asked initially like what problem are you trying to solve we, we really want to get at the root cause and we really hope that a lot of pharmaceuticals start going in that direction, like really focusing on the root cause of things. And so we really are focusing on inflammation. But another thing that I didn't mention is that, and like Dr. Phil mentioned, Dr. Ovedia mentioned, is it Dr. Ovedia or Dr. Phil?
1: Either one is good. We're trying to make Dr. (laughs) Phil respectable again.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's what I just remember. All right. So Dr. Avedia mentioned that some inflammation is good, and that's true. That's like exercise and and such. And the reason for that is that so it's not only the inflammation per se, but it's also the repair after the inflammation that's also important. So Biovanta also is good for that in that respect, and and aspirin is miraculous in that respect as well because there are these molecules called resolvents that help your body to repair after inflammation. And it's a fascinating area of research. Aspirin and omega-3 are one of the best known activators of these resolvents. And omega-3 has been studied very extensively. Taking it really helps people have better outcomes from respiratory diseases, including covid and especially the EPA form of omega 3 those healthy fatty acids and and also aspirin it's one of the best known ways to build up the resolving so the repair after the inflammation because you need like we've been talking about you need the inflammation to get rid of the virus but then you need to repair so
0: and that's biovanta delivers all of that
1: yes and so I know you also, BioVanta is also promoted or can be used as a preventative as well. So talk a little bit about that as much of the country is going into flu season, people are traveling, things like that. What are some effective strategies that people can use to prevent getting sick in the first place, which again, as we talk about so much on the show, uh, that's always better strategy than trying to treat whatever the illness might be.
2: Yeah, 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 for sure. So we have two products. So there's Biovanta Immunity, which is a dietary supplement. It comes in a spray and lozenge form. And then there's the Biovanta which you you take, it's basically the spray, but also aspirin as well that's dosed with it, just the right amount of milligrams of aspirin. And so the dietary supplement is what we recommend for prevention. And dietary supplements work by structure function claims. So they work by how they help mechanisms in your body. And there's a lot of scientific research behind, like I mentioned, the lysozyme and lactoferrin. And there's also a mix of anti-inflammatory molecules that we have formulated to have the same COX inhibition as the aspirin does, but they work together and we found the right mix of natural uh, molecules to do that. So, yeah, so basically, yes, you, you can use that as a preventative because it's going to activate your respiratory lining and your immune defenses. So we recommend the um, immunity for that. And it's very safe, 100% natural ingredients. As long as you don't have allergies to the specific ingredients, it should be totally safe for you to take every day.
0: I'm going to try it. I mean, that's this is easy for me. Wow.
2: Glad to hear it. Thank you. Uh, well,
0: I personally have experienced, I refuse to take, the antihistamines because when I get the rebound effect, I'm worse than I was. That's maddening. I, I've i continued to have experiences, well, up until the pivotal moment 18 years ago, I continue to have experience with pharmaceuticals being prescribed that did a great job of dealing with a symptom and didn't ever touch the underlying Root cause. I love that approach. And just, I've spent my whole life fighting sinus issues. Anything that has any promise of allowing me to get through a year without too serious sinus infections, I'm willing to try if I haven't already tried it. I've never heard anything like this. I'm totally down with it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much. My husband suffers from sinus infections as well. And he, I mean he's a founder so <laughs> Yeah.
1: I'm what, I'm stoked. Yeah. What what other uh, general advice uh, would you typically give to people with an eye towards preventing flu viruses respiratory illnesses?
2: So, I would say lifestyle is actually like all of the tips that are recommended for general health really really do apply because it all comes really down to inflammation. Inflammation really affects everything. But most importantly, I would say make sure that your diet is rich in omega-3, high-quality omega-3 fatty acids. Vitamin, because those are the resolvents. I really believe that's a really fascinating. Because we, we we need to repair. Exercise helps you repair. It gets the blood flowing. It gets blood t- into your tissues. It's the same as like bodybuilding. Like you have to break down the muscle to build it up. It's exercise is great in all respects for that. Sleep because that's your body's natural way of repairing itself probiotics. And then for people that suffer from allergies, I really think that that like just be honed really, really, really in on your environment. So get air filters, especially in your bedroom, Uh, make sure you have the allergy covers on your mattress and pillows, and try to keep your diet as anti-inflammatory as possible. And yeah, sauna is is really great because heat shock proteins that are activated when you when you get into the sauna are really really good. Actually, I, I just read a paper, which was fascinating, that having a little bit of fever, is actually good for you because your body is activating the heat shock proteins. And bats, which of obviously spread COVID, they have perpetually active heat shock proteins. That's why they can get COVID and not get sick, and that's what makes them such good spreaders. So yeah, so like the activating of, of the heat shock proteins, sauna could be good for that. Um, yeah,
0: I love hearing a scientist say that. <laughs> that's been one of those. <laughs> that's been one of those beliefs I've had for. I know. I mean, probably since my kids were little, and they're not remotely little anymore. That. A low fever is a good thing and a high fever is a bad thing. And it drives me nuts when I see people treating a kid with a, a 99.5 fever. Oh, we got to get that fever down. I'm like, please, no. Let it run. Let it run. It's your body doing its thing. So it's nice to hear somebody who actually knows what the hell they're talking about say that as well.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know a little about what I'm talking about, but for the exact number of what fever is healthy and not, I would... I would defer to Dr. Ovidia, but...
1: Yeah, well, yeah. our rule kind of on the surgical wards used to be that we don't even consider it a fever until it gets above 101.5. And so, but you're right. We tend to over I think, a lot of things these days instead of letting the body run it, you know, do what it's supposed to do and, and fight these things off. And I do wonder over time, if you're if we don't let our bodies... Fight these things off naturally. We're sort of impairing our ability to do that, and you know I worry with all of the kind of hyper focus on early treatment uh, for lots of things. Uh, I think this can be applied to, and even some of the preventative effort can end up working against you because you're not letting your body do what it's naturally supposed to do and kind of chronically suppressing our immune system in the context of trying to help our immune system. But in reality, what we're doing is not letting our immune system kind of train. We're leading, we're causing more problems down the line.
2: Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So that's why we take a very, we study this in detail that we don't over medicate and we just basically work with the body's own natural antiviral response. So
0: well, I'm gonna pimp for you here a little bit. The the website is biovanta.com. I just placed an order. Thank you. <laughs> I just got I mean, I just got over my semi-annual sinus infection, and I just I'd be thrilled to never have to and I think I've tried everything known to man. But this makes so much more sense of reinforcing the—I was looking at the description—reinforcing the mucosal defense or something like that. Yeah,
2: mucosal immune system. Yeah.
0: It just makes—it makes a lot of sense to me because that sounds more like root cause prevention rather than reacting to a symptom. I love that idea. And frankly, it's pretty damn cheap, too, so— <laughs> Um, I'm all over this. So that's biovanta.com, B I O V is in Victor A N T A dot com. Y'all check it out. All right. This was an unpaid commercial, but Phil, this was meaningful to me. So
1: yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, again, we love talking with people who are disrupting these traditional approaches that just haven't worked <laughs> all that well, quite honestly. Again, it's amazing to me. You look at the over the counter, cold and flu market and it's multi-billion dollar industry. And no one steps back and says, why, why do we need so much of this stuff? If it actually worked, uh, we really shouldn't need so much of it. And it shouldn't be a multi-billion dollar industry. And, I, and quite frankly, I think the propensity to even minor illnesses like cold and flu, and also understanding that sometimes these aren't minor illnesses, but in both cases, I think we're more susceptible to the diseases themselves, and then more susceptible to having severe consequences from these diseases because our baseline health is in such poor shape. And so I think this large cold and flu medication industry is just yet another demonstration of our poor underlying health. Yes, 100 percent,
2: 100 percent.
0: So, what's next for Applied Biological Laboratories?
2: So, we actually formed our company with some antiviral technology, but that takes longer to get into the market because we have to do a lot of clinical trials. And we did do a trial for BioVanta, which is being published, as I said, but there are more extensive trials that are needed because these antivirals are going to be prescriptions. But yeah, I mean, I totally agree with Dr. Ovidia. like, and to be quite honest, I hardly ever get sick because if you really, I mean, yeah, you know, people that have science issues, there's nothing you can do about that. But like, if you really have a healthy lifestyle, it really does protect you. But sometimes like you just get sick and you have to get better or you don't want to spread uh, the virus. So in that case, we feel like there should be something that works with your body. But uh, yeah, so we're working on a line of antiviral products. We have something in development for cold and flu and also for COVID. And we were working on the coronavirus before this pandemic because, again, we thought that it's just going to be a matter of time. You had the SARS and the MERS, which were coronaviruses as well. So,
0: All right. Well. I got more out of this one than I've gotten out of just about anything personally. I At least, I have great hope. Looking forward to it. Phil? Thank you. Anything else?
2: No,
1: thank you so much for joining us. And it was, yeah, very interesting discussion. And I think it will be enlightening to many, as I said, as, as we kind of Maybe some of us don't think about holding flu get get so routine that we don't think about it. Perhaps the way we should, and and uh, I think this will be a very um, eye-opening discussion for many. So thank you for joining us. Thank All you.
2: Right. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you both. So um, great. Best
0: way, best way to find out more for the folks who are saying, "All right, give me more information. Where do I go?"
2: I would say go to our website. We have Instagram, BioVanta OTC. We have a Twitter account and YouTube as well, but mainly our website.
0: All right. Well, I'll make sure that information shows up in the show notes. Good.
2: I can also give you guys a discount code.
0: Oh, our people will love that. Okay. Yeah. So there will be a discount code along with the show notes. And we appreciate it, Dr. Nasley Latefi, did I get that right twice? Fantastic. You did, Of Applied Biological Laboratories and the makers of BioVanta. Thanks for joining us. This has been the Stay Off My Operating Table podcast, and we'll talk to you next time. Chances are you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you didn't need to change your life and get healthier. So take action right now. Book a call with Dr. Avedia's team. One small step in the right direction is all it takes to get started. Contact us at ifixhearts.com
1: slash talk. That's ifixhearts.com slash talk.